0: Thank you for joining Mind Your Brain. The mission of this podcast is to inspire you by the recovery of one exceptional athlete. You're not invisible to us. We see you out there. We've even walked in your shoes. The Mind Your Brain Foundation is devoted to helping to giving you help and hope and tools and tips. My name is Candace Gant. I'm a traumatic brain injury survivor and founder of Mind Your Brain at Penn Medicine Conferences and the Executive Director of the Mind Your Brain Nonprofit Foundation. I am also proud to be on the board of the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania. I'm here today to talk about hope and resilience. Today, my guest is Curtis Anderson. Curtis suffered a brain injury 18 years ago his life changed at Ponoka Stampede in July of 2002, riding a bull named Real Handy. Curtis, it's an absolute pleasure to have you, to welcome you to the podcast today.
1: Thank you, Candice. Thanks for having me on.
0: So, Curtis, I'm going to let you take over the microphone and tell us tell you your story.
1: Okay. June 27th, 2002, it was scorching hot outside. I traveled to the Pinocchio Stampede, one of the fifth biggest rodeos in the world. The last thing that I remember was setting my rope on a bull named Real Handy. They opened the gate. I lost my balance. And a boom, boom, my head smashed. The bull's head twice. I spent the first three weeks in a drug-induced coma at the University of Alberta Hospital in Edmonton. The first thing that I remember was the ambulance ride from the U of A to the Glen Rose Rehabilitation Hospital. I didn't know where I was going and I didn't know what had happened. I soon realized that I can no longer walk, no longer talk, or move my left arm. When I see my family and friends again, I had to write everything down in a scribbler to communicate for the first couple of weeks. I had to move my left arm with my right. When I took my first steps, the physiotherapist would walk alongside me for an hour, a day, teaching me how to walk step by step. It'd be your cane, left foot, and then right. There would be an assistant walking behind me with the chair so I could take a break once in a while. And it was a big deal to walk 20 feet without stopping. Last summer on June 14th, I walked 19.8 miles. I started out with a feeding tube, period food, then diced food, chopped up in little pieces. I am now able to cut my own steak. I started out with ice chips, thickened water, now the real stuff. The first step of independence that I regained was when I was able to make my own transfers from my bed to my chair. I was then able to take myself to therapy and for my meals. I went outside and I pulled my bare feet in the grass. It gave a sensation that lit up my whole body. I would even lay down in the grass and exercise. I also rolled my chair up and down the sidewalk to regain some strength. One night, I went swimming without telling anyone. Well, the security guards found me, escorted me out of the pool and back to my room. And I was wondering what everyone was just so wound up about. I had everything under control. I was part of an oral motor group with other survivors. We would take turns pronouncing vowels and then words. After the meals, I'd have to sit in that chair for an hour before I was able to lay down. The first time that I went out for dinner in my chair, rolling in the restaurant, it was like being hit by a baseball bat. You hear everyone talking, all the background noise, then everyone stops and stares at you. And it was too much. It was very overwhelming. One day, the frustration was building up. I got mad as hell and I threw my cane on the top of the roof and then I looked up there and realized, well, that sure did a lot of good when I need my cane to walk. I speak at brain injury centers and other events where there are survivors and there has been survivors tell me that I was an inspiration for them keep going in their recovery. It doesn't get better when you hear a statement like that. I have walked down the road that they're on. I know what it is all about. I can share my story and they can relate. It is a lot different than someone talking out of a textbook or reading stats. No one can ever say how far you will go. Determination dedication, try, grit, courage, confidence, commitment, resilience, tenacity, perseverance, optimism, strength and the most important patience is a choice until it is the only choice that you have. I talked to parents of survivors some tell me it seems like their child's recovery is going slow and I remind them to look back at to where their child started till now and there will be mountains of difference. Sometimes you need to take a step back and remind yourself of that. I spoke at a school in Vermilion, and there was a boy that rode his bike to school all the time. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, the boy inspected his helmet and realized it was unsafe to wear. He ended up walking his bike home. To know my story made that much of an impact is something you don't put words on. I spoke at the Pinocchio Elementary School. There was a seven-year-old boy walk up to me and say, I would like to thank you for not giving up. Well, those words went straight to my heart. I met Greg Wyanko at the First Responders Rodeo in St. Albert a couple years ago. And Greg was the paramedic that put the intravenous on me in the arena that day. And I met Rob McKenzie in 2019 at the Pinocchio Stampede. And Rob was the paramedic that came out of the crowd to intubate me so I could start breathing again. It's pretty darn powerful when you can shake the ha- hands of Rob and Greg and the Canadian Pro to Sports Medicine team that gave me an opportunity to live. A doctor told me once during my recovery, he said, Curtis, you are not out of the woodworks yet, but the trees are getting farther apart. I can see more and more daylight now. I have never walked one mile in anyone else's shoes, but I know what it means to never give up. Where there's a set of stairs in the public, there's usually only a railing on one side of them. Well, it was eight years before I could use that left railing again. A lot of the times I went down the stairs backwards just so I can hang onto the railing with my right arm. It took nine years to tie my hockey skates and 10 years before I was able to touch each finger to my thumb on my left hand. A big part of recovery is acceptance and realizing that life is not a matter of holding good cards, but playing the hand that you were dealt. For 18 years and eight months, I have played my hand and I know the bottom line, there is no such thing as I can't with any challenge that either you or I face in life. Be the person that's gonna take a step forward and spend some time, and make a difference in someone else's life. One day, someone is gonna come along and make a difference in yours. The Bull, real handy, he won the fight that day, fair and square. But real handy, he is long gone hamburger and I'm still here. So I ended up being the champion. Now you have heard my story, it doesn't matter how many chips are down, don't you ever, ever give up. Thank you.
0: Oh, Curtis, Curtis, that that was terrific. Thank you. Uh, I am just, I feel better just hearing your words. I, I, that's so inspirational and I appreciate that. So let me let me ask some of the questions I think that an audience is curious about. And that is, yeah. tell us about yourself. How did you become a bull rider? And I know and tell us where you're from as well.
1: Well, I'm from Minburn, Alberta. It's a small town. And I got started. My neighbor Mike Falker, he used to be used to ride bulls, and I guess I was 13 when 14 when I got the. Craving to start. So I started out, you know, you started, out, I guess, riding cows and work junior bulls. Then you move into the open and I guess that's mm-hmm. how I got started.
0: You just got it in your blood and and you were probably young and fearless at that time too. Yeah. You're 10
1: foot and bulletproof.
0: <laughs> Indeed. And so you started the bull riding and how many rodeos had you done before this accident? Were you a, well, a career? This is a career for you? and
1: It wasn't a career, on? but I rode bulls for 10 years. And so, you know, you'd go to, when I first started, there's mainly rodeos, but as the years went on, they, they started to be just bull riding events. Mm-hmm. And I went to a lot of those and One thing about bull riding a rodeo, it's a very tight community. You know, you got friends for life once you meet them at a rodeo or anywhere, I guess.
0: So Curtis, tell us, and I heard you say probably in a previous interview that every little victory along the way was like climbing a mountain. And tell us about the ups and downs. I know you touched on a little bit, but I uh, would be very interested to know when you turned the corner, how, you, how did you feel when you knew that you could, you could really recover and have a life and, and really have a meaningful rest of your life, the next chapter?
1: Well, Candace, when I, when I first started, you know, writing some stuff down in a little scribbler right at the beginning, like I look back at it now, like I looked at it the other day and I wrote, I wrote down, I have a lot of work ahead of me and I wrote down probably the three most powerful words that I've written. And that's, it takes time. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing with recovery. Everyone's recovery is different. Everyone's brain injury is different. And like when I, one of the biggest days that I had was when I could drink water again. And Taking those first steps in therapy, and you know, it was, you know, she just kept for an hour a day, you know, she'd just say, cane left, right, and then it would, well, you know the deal, it would, would, I guess,
0: sink in and
1: start to work.
0: It's hard work. Those baby steps sometimes are so painful, but at the same time, so rewarding. Like, oh, I could walk down the hallway. Yeah, and just celebrate those little victories.
1: And that's one thing, like, I made, for the first 13 years, I kept a list of things I could do with my left arm or two arms. And there's, it took 10 years to do half of that list.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It took 10 years before I was able to pick, change up off the counter. And that's one thing. Like, as survivors, you know we know the road that we've walked and the challenges that we face. but one thing as survivors, I think we need to do more is just stop and be proud of ourselves because not everyone, not everyone can walk the road that we've walked and it's like I know you know people always say, well, you should be so proud, but, I guess, speaking on my end, you just you need to slow down and, and be proud.
0: Mm-hmm. Well said. Don't look behind, but look in front of you, what you've accomplished. So you turn the corner and, you, and you've and you made a remarkable recovery because of all your tenacity. Have you ever gone back to bull riding? Are you still in the community?
1: Yeah, like you know... I, when I'm at a bull riding, I'll I'll sit in the crowd and judge what I think the score marks should be. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But I I speak at a lot of bull ridings, and I talk like I give my speech to the crowd and the riders. Bright, Mm -hmm. I talk to the a lot of the guys one on one, and just talk. And Candace, you don't know this part, but Two weeks before my accident, I had a severe concussion at another rodeo. So my brain was already injured to a certain degree. And the two hits I took up, Pinoka took it over the edge. So, like, I'm living proof of what happens when you go back too soon without letting your brain heal from the first concussion. And your brain is most acceptable in the first two weeks. So I can really, you know, tell the guys – you know, I'm living proof what happens. And then the guys are getting more aware of concussions. Candace, when I got hurt, two guys in Western Canada wore helmets. Now there's probably over 95%. So it's, it's changed a lot. And there was one dad of a young bull rider tell me that I was the reason that his son's still wearing a helmet. So that's pretty good to hear and a dad comes up and tells you that and a lot of the guys are, you know, people thank you for being out there talking. So it's, it's a good feeling, especially, you know, you're making a difference there as well.
0: I agree. It must be very heartwarming to hear those type of comments. That's, that's great. That speaks to how you're giving back to the community. And now, 18 years later, you're out advocating for safety in your sport, and you're speaking at different events. What else do you do to to raise awareness for brain injury in, in bull riding?
1: Well, in 2004, I started the Courage Canada Trail Ride to support brain injury awareness. And it's always the last Saturday in May, and we have wagons available for those that don't have a horse, and there's... You know, there's three brain injury centers that are well within a in the, within an hour from my place. So there's survivors that come out and ride in the wagons, and a lot of the same survivors come back year after year. So it's a pretty big deal for them. And it's a fundraiser, also. So we support four different brain injury centers, throughout the ride. You know, it pays for the survivors to go in the trail ride next year but it also gives brain centers you know it helps them with costs to take the survivors on field trips throughout the year so it's more than just one day and it's an opportunity you know that the survivors might not have if the trail ride wasn't there.
0: That's beautiful. I'm just so proud to to be talking to you today to how you've touched the lives of so many people. That warms my heart. And now, um, Curtis, you've had a remarkable journey. In our last few minutes, could you share with our listeners some words of encouragement that you believe would give them hope from your experience?
1: Well, like I said before, it takes time, but the bottom line is, I guess just you have to want to get better and just start. And one thing, like, it doesn't matter what life throws at you. One thing you got to believe in, you got to believe in yourself. And it was roughly a year later. And I just, I just put the cane down and I went, you know, I trusted myself and I went for, I walked a mile and it just, Overcoming, I guess, fear, believing you can't, just in yourself and to never give up and keep fighting. Take one day at a time and make each day count and listen to your body. If you're tired, you're tired and your body will tell you and you need to listen and I guess the yeah. past couple of years, I've really been paying attention to what foods really, you know, stimulate the brain. So that's part of, you know, rest, diet, and exercise. But it's just, I don't know what if there's any magic words to put on it, but just have fun being a survivor and, you know, share your story with others because you never know, how many? If you help one person, you've, you know, you help someone at, just by sharing your story because the road you've walked, someone else is walking, and your story may help them. But there, and there is a a young a friend of mine, Clayton Wakefield. He got hurt a couple summers ago, and I talked with Clayton quite a bit. You know, just. Not just tips, but you know, I walked the road that he's on so we can relate to what's going on. And you know, he Clayton said, you know, you're kind of the only one that knows what I'm going through. So it's pretty good that you can relate with not just Clayton, but with his family. And mm-hmm. you know, they they thank me for being there for supporting just Letting them know that everything is going to be okay. It's just going to take time.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, and I'm sure that they love to hear that that message, that it gives them some some hope.
1: Candace, the I heard his dad told me very some powerful words. He said, "Curtis, you held our family together through this." So that was pretty powerful to hear on my end.
0: Must make you feel good. So. I can't thank you enough and I'll I'll tell our listeners here, please subscribe to our podcast and share it with others. There are millions that are still struggling. And as, as Curtis has said, share your story with other people and share this information with them. You can be a partner with us and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and leave us comments. And speaking of comments, you can also go to our website and leave us an email. And out there, you may not be a bull rider, but a recovery warrior, just the same as Curtis and climbing your mountain every day. And please know, you're not invisible to us. We believe in you. And here's my virtual hug.